you. Welcome to Wednesday night Bible study and all who are joining us uh, uh, Facebook Live. Tonight's lesson will conclude the series of the foundation of the doctrine of Christ. The first principles of the elementary teachings of Jesus Christ, the oracles of God. But let's first pray and remember Israel as well. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are, a revealer of secrets, one who desires to guide us and direct our steps. We call upon you to help, Lord, to aid us, that we would have truth and not be uh, confused with lies and doctrines of devils and all the other things that Satan would like to put in our path to move us aside. And Lord, put your hand on the nation Israel tonight. Minister to the people that are there, their, their loss, uh, the things that they have to do, uh, uh, guide them, direct them, help them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And, uh, I think uh, many of you know, after if, if, if you've watched me, my teachings on end time, know that I believe that... Uh, this could very well be the war that the Bible talked about. And uh, we need to be ready. This is just another sign, as far as I'm concerned, that the Lord is close to coming, to breaking the clouds. So, anyway, let's get to our study. When someone believes something for a long time, and if they profess that to others, then they have invested themselves in what they believe and what they have talked about. And that causes a difficulty when it comes to a time to change from that position that they're in. And the Word of God has got to be able to trump everything in our lives. Especially when it comes to the foundation of the doctrine of Christ. Case in point. I met a man recently who I befriended and uh, we were talking and I found out that he is asked on a regular basis to, to go to various AME churches and present, minister to them. And in casual conversation one day, he, he said to me, I really don't know what God the Holy Ghost is all about what its purpose is. And that isn't the first time I've heard somebody say something like that. And I find that really alarming. And then I've heard other people say, oh, baptism isn't necessary. 
let alone Jesus' name versus Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Sprinkling, burial. And all these profess to be Bible-believing Christians. I find it revealing that the church world disagrees on what the Bible teaches is the foundation of the doctrine of Christ, the milk of God's word, the first principles, let alone how they're presented. The word of God has got to trump our traditions. Uh, early in my Christian experience, this verse, which we have built this series around, impacted my life. My hope is that it will influence you and all who have taken time to evaluate what I have presented. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, to chapter 6, verse 2. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as is need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. You who know the truths of the next verses that we're going to soon read must teach them must use them who by reason of use you have to exercise yourself or you too will be needing someone to teach you again and God doesn't want that when you use when you exercise you learn to discern between good and evil Continuing with chapter 6, verse 2. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. That, that's going to be our subject tonight. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, with an S, laying out of hands, resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Leave kindergarten, Paul is saying. We shouldn't find ourselves needing to learn the alphabet all over again. But I need to say this. There are people who have come from other nominal churches who think they know the alphabet. Better make sure. When it comes to these doctrines, repentance, faith, water baptism, spirit baptism, laying out of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, the milk of God's word. You better make sure you got it right.
These things should be settled principles in each of our lives. If you are here for the first time, I encourage you to go back to January 2023 and go through each of the lessons. If you don't like what I have to say about these things, get a Naves Topical Bible or something similar and study the seven things yourself and see what the Bible says. Again, this is milk. Easily digestible Bible. Something we should all agree on. But there are many who do not holding to their traditions. They or their family have put too much investment in their position. And so they hold on to the perversion. Pray that God reveals. He's a revealer of secrets. This lesson is about continuing going on to perfection. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Now, as I prepared this lesson, this verse has been a part of it for weeks, along with many of the other ones that are going to come up on the screen behind me. Now, if you heard Brother Hopper's message Sunday, you may recognize that the Spirit of God is pleading with us. And that there are others that are saying the same thing. Assemble. Get together. We are not in a back room discussing this. <laughs> it's stirring in my mind, in my heart. Notice these four as we study going on unto perfection, holding the word, unity in the body, discernment between good and bad, and love. Let's talk about that word, perfection. Hold on to the truth, provoke one another, provoke love, provoke good works. Don't forsake assembling, gathering, bringing together, connecting, fitting together. But exhort one another, even more now than yesterday. That's how these things, love, good works, will be accomplished. Ephesians 4 and 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I need you here assembling, fitting together. I need what your joints supply 
what your measure will produce, that we can see an increase in the edification of love and unity of love in this body. Whether you're here, with you here, I can learn that better. I can be better. So, what is perfection? On the left, we have Hebrews chapter 6 at the top and Thayer's Greek definitions out of the Brown, Drivers, Briggs, Hebrew definitions in Thayer Greek combo. And on the right, we have Strong's Concordance. And you'll notice highlighted on chapter 6 is perfection. Let us go on unto perfection. And you see the number 5047? And you look in that gray area, that bar there, and you see G5047. G is Greek. So it's looking at the Greek word 5047. And if you notice the highlight, it says uh, G5047 from the Strong's. And down at the very bottom, I have completeness underlined. You can read more if you want, but I don't think it's necessary. And on the right side, you have Strong's Exhaustive Concordance and Greek Dictionary. And number one, you see Finished Highlighted. And then B, number one, Full Grown, Adult, of full age, mature. And then you look further down and you see complete, and at the very bottom, completeness. So God is wanting us to continue to aim for completion, to grow, not to remain immature, not teaching what we've learned. Are you teaching someone those things that you've learned? Or will you need to be taught all over again? Is the question. Genesis 17, 1 and 2. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me, and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. God demanded, be perfect. Walk before me. And I will covenant with you and, and will multiply you abundantly. Then we find in Deuteronomy 18 and 13, Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Now, the former verse was just speaking to one man. This verse, however, is speaking to all Israel. And then Matthew 5 and 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Jesus is speaking to his people. So not only the Old Testament people, but the New Testament people. Be perfect. Genesis 6 and 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Now last lesson on eternal judgment. 
we talked about how God would judge people on the measure of moral light that they possessed. What they had available to them, and I, might, and I also said, here in America, we've got a lot available to us. So it's not about you choosing to be ignorant. You've got availability that none of these people in the old days had. Noah was just and perfect man in his generations. Noah walked with God, just and perfect. 1 Kings 15, 14. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. Asa had obtained what God called perfect in the middle of not so perfect. His heart was perfect with the Lord. Do you know that you can be right in the sight of the Lord and not be perfect? Second Chronicles 25, 1 and 2. Amaziah was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoiadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Are we wholly consecrated to God's will and way? Are we 100% sincere? Have we totally given our heart to the Lord? Does his word trump everything in our life? Philippians 3 and 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I might apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. None of us have arrived yet, but our attitude, I follow after. Philippians goes on to say in verse 13, Brethren, I count, count not myself to have apprehended. And then it continues and says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press. Luke 13, 24, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many... I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. We contend for so many things in this world. Is God in first place? We want a nice car, home, boat, and other toys. We want a nice vacation. We want a restful night. What about Jesus? Do we apply the same energy to know him? To be close to him? 
to be like him? Colossians 1, 27 and 29. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Sin brought a curse on man, that in the sweat of our face we should eat bread as we contend with the thorny ground. But today we have pesticides. We have gas-powered machines that make it a whole lot easier. Have we allowed that ease to influence our walk with God? Are we striving? Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Wait a minute for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ, seems to be almost the same thing. For you to mature and for us to become united, to group together, to work together, so this body can function and influence the world. Till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Christ's body in our world today is the church. In that body, there are ministries that you absolutely need to make heaven your home. It's not enough just to have a pastor. The head needs more than one leg or one arm. We need the church. We need the entire body influencing and affecting us. The Lord is coming back for his church. His, the body of Christ, his body. Not individuals. He does not want us to be like the Hebrew church that needed to be taught the first principles again and again. Be no more children tossed may grow up. We have pointed out that the devil has attempted to destroy the church. Paul had said, I prayed night and day with tears for the space of three years that after I die, grievous wolves are going to come in and not spare the flock. And then Joel's prophecy, 
The great army is coming. It's going to lay you waste, Jerusalem. It's called Babylon. It's coming to destroy. And he tells, the prophet tells the priests, weep between the porch and the altar. And Satan desires to destroy and deceive us here tonight. You and I. He hasn't quit. Are we teaching the first principles to someone? Are we using what we have been taught? Is our heart perfect, sincere? Are we speaking in love? Notice the four, the word, so that every wind of doctrine does not influence. Unity in the body, edifying the body, discerning good and evil, the cunning craftiness of the wicked men aren't going to influence us. And love, speaking truth in love. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And of course, holiness is God-likeness. We want to be, have his grace, have his mercy, have his kindness, have his love, have his long-suffering. Cleanse ourselves of the flesh and of the spirit. What are we feeding our flesh? What are we feeding our spirit? How important is church? Are we gathering together? Are we influencing one another? Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you think renewing will occur? Anybody want to give a suggestion? I think of prayer. I think of fasting. I think of studying the word. I think of church, teaching. Luke 6, 39 to 41. And he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? To me, that verse doesn't even fit really easily with the rest of it. At least that is the way it, I see it. And what I do see, though, is perfect, perfection is so tied in with love. We need to reach for forgiving others, showing them grace, being patient with them, putting up with, suffering long with their issues. Help me, Jesus. Am I the only one? <laughs> 
Colossians 4 and 12. It says 11. I don't know how that happened. It is actually verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. The scripture teaches us to pray for one another. We talked about laying out of hands. I need your hands laid on me once in a while, people. Not criticizing and condemning, but praying for one another. Long-suffering, grace for others, like him. That's love. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and honesty. For this is God good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. I say again, help me, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need help in this department. We need to learn to pray for everyone. We need to learn to love better. 1 John 2 and 5. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Are we hiding his word in our heart? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to rule and to reign? For when God's spirit is in us, his word is in us. According to Jeremiah 31, 31 and verse 33, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. This verse is speaking about the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the law, that would be replaced with the New Testament, the New Covenant. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit baptism, the whole purpose he came into the world for. The prophet says he will put the law in our heart. God's word in our heart. When you receive the Holy Ghost, that's what you got. One of the things that you got. Ezekiel says it this way. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 28. A new heart will I also give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I 
will be your God. This New Testament, this New Covenant is God's Spirit in us. Perfection that is tied to love. Love that is tied to his word in our hearts. Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. And above all these things, put on charity, love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. You need more than the pastor. You need the church. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. This sums it up. Above all, first and foremost, charity, love is the bond of perfectness. Let God's peace rule in our heart. The message says it this way. Let the peace of Christ keep us in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. That's unity in the body. One body. Be thankful. Teaching and admonishing one another. The word is important. Being a Bible thumper is good. We must assemble to accomplish this. Notice the four, the word, unity in the body, discerning good and evil, love. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Get into the word. Psalms 138 and 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. David looked to the Lord. He declared, God won't forsake what he has started in me. Hallelujah. He started a good work in us. According to Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, let's just continue. Press on. Strive to know him more. Psalms 18, 30 to 36. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. 
For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet. He setteth me upon high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up. You got this. I got this. All because of God. If we just continue, if we just keep pressing. First Peter five and ten. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Yes, we might have to go through some trials, experience some difficulties, but that's just a part of perfecting. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, the laying out of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. God's elementary teachings of the doctrine of Christ. Leave kindergarten. It's time to teach somebody. It's time to influence others. The first church went from glory to glory, faith to faith. I want to conclude with the verse of scripture that Peter concludes his letter with. 2 Peter 3 and 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson. And are there any questions? And uh, there's no questions. <laughs>